Hey guys, welcome to this episode of Your Questions Answered, where we answer questions about this uh, sermon from Sunday, and I'm here with Pastor Steve today. Hello. Hello. My son is behind the camera, Kieran. He's playing the quiet game, so we'll see how that works today with recording. <laughs> It'll be fun. Um, this past Sunday, you talked about um, Uzzah and the circumstances he had and the ark uh, moving from household to household. Um, and he talked to, for, for a moment um, about, actually for a few minutes, about t- cultivating the presence of God in each household. The ark, in its journey, ended up in several different households. And in one household in particular, it was a sign of blessing. It really, he talked about how that was the pre- a symbol, not just a symbol, it was the presence of God in that house. Uh, and how the challenge you had for us was to cultivate in our household that sort of presence, the presence of God. And then you gave a, you said, I'm not going to tell you step by step. But here we are with a question oh, about that. Here we, not okay. a step by step, perhaps. Let's uh, <laughs> change the angle a little bit. But instead of um, step by step, what are some examples or some practical ideas, uh, ways for somebody who's starting out with a family um, to cultivate uh, the presence of God? Where would yeah. you start? Yeah, I'm on to you guys. You want a step-by-step process. And, uh, no, I, I think the most important thing is to have to do something. A lot of uh, fathers in particular mm-hmm. get really discouraged at the thought of the monumental task of cultivating a family altar or a time that the family is being intentional about connecting with Jesus in the household. And I'll just set you free of something. I was a children's pastor for a few years at a pretty big church. Uh, we had 400 kids every Sunday in the children's ministry. I had a team of 200. It was a big ministry. And I'd have an elementary group from kindergarten to sixth grade of 100 kids in a room at one time. I found that easier than gathering my, at that time I had four kids, than to gather those four kids around to minister to the Lord and pray. Hmm. There is a warfare on establishing Christ in the household that is very real. Hmm. And there's a lot of complicating factors in it. You're gathering around with people who see your best and worst. You're gathering around with a group of people who have good days and bad days together. And it's um, doing life together. That's why I think the, the main thing with cultivating Christ in a family is that you do it Deuteronomy 6 style. So we tend to think there's got to be some kind of event. And I know, again, I'll speak to fathers in particular, because it is primary our, primarily our responsibility to see to it that it happens. Mm-hmm. That's what it means to be the head of a family, that we take initiative on this and uh, don't wait for moms to take care of you know, the prayer and the ministry to the Lord. So um, Deuteronomy 6 describes more, not so much of an event where you got to prepare a Bible study and you have to have wisdom from the scriptures and and all of this after you've just worked a really hard day or before you get out the door for a hard day of work. Deuteronomy 6 says, you know, you'll teach these things diligently. First of all, it says you will write this law, you will take this law and it will be on your hearts. Mm -hmm. So the first key for moms and dads who want to cultivate Christ in the house, we've got to be doing it first ourselves. Mm -hmm. We haven't already cultivated an internal dynamic of connecting with the Lord, However you do it, maybe you're a morning person, maybe you're an evening person. Ideally, you're an all-the-day-long person who you know, has moments where you just you know, set your mind on things above and remember, hit the reset button, um, that I'm, I'm doing this with the Lord. I am ministering together with Christ 
24-7. But there also do need to be times where it's just you and Jesus time and you're in prayer, you're in the word. Um, all of my kids at an early age, um, they would testify during those days that they would see me, they would catch me in the Bible. Not because dad's opening the Bible to teach us the word right now, mm -hmm. but that's just what he does. And that's the example being set. We have to have that first. Mm -hmm. So these things shall be on your hearts and you'll write them as frontlets to your eyes and, you know, right, put them on your hands. And the, of course, the Pharisees, we know, took that literally and had phylacteries and things on their hands and, and write it on the doorposts of your house. Meaning this has got to be something that is intentional. But then he goes on in the way the Lord said it to them in Deuteronomy 6. And you shall speak of these things when you sit in your house, when you rise up, when you're walking by the wayside, uh, in all of your comings and goings that you will bring the Lord into everyday life. Mm. That has a lot less pressure to it, I think, than trying to organize a family devotion. Which, uh, let's be honest, I, I bet you, you know, click yeah or amen or something like that. If you agree, that is harder than just bringing Christ into everyday life. So mostly how we cultivate Christ in our home is by making him a part of everything that we do. So if you're like most families, the, the times that we're honoring the Lord is that we pray before every meal. That's a good start. Mm -hmm. And now let's, let's build on that. Um, in our family... We found that it worked best to try to talk about things around the dinner table. That's the one time of day as our family grew and we had kids in high school, middle school, elementary and preschool all at once. The only time that we're ever all together that we can really connect well would be around the dinner table. We could guarantee that and we fought for that. And so that's the time now we're going to talk about the day. Let's process the day together with the Lord. That's one level of connecting and keeping Christ honored mm. in your house. You don't have to have a new scripture for the day. I'll, I mean, I'll talk about that in a minute. We do have to bring the word into life too. But it's processing life together with the Lord. That's how we cultivate a living dynamic of a relationship with mm -hmm. God in our house. So instead of just asking our kids, for example, how was your day? Ask them, how did you see God move today? Or did you recognize God's hand in your day in any way today? I mean, you'll, you'll get the whole range of answers. You'll have the grumpy teams like, nah, whatever. And you'll have the, the four-year-old who's there saying, yeah, I saw my turtle move today and he ate his food. And, you know, all, whatever it is, we're training our kids and we're cultivating something in our family where we're thinking about and turning our attention to the Lord. And that in itself has value. Um there, there have been also some really profound things said around the table in Revelation where the, like the youngest one around the table says something to make the teenagers go, wow, that was really deep. Mm. And uh, I'd be amazed at some of the things. So it's cultivating that. I think trying to do it more in a life-by-life life kind of way rather than a sitting around and being intentional, having a family devotion is most important. That being said, I do think that you have to build something of a structure. Mm -hmm. And there has to be some time that you're saying, this is Jesus time now. Just like we, you know, we call it devotions, you know, whatever quiet time individually. <clears throat> I do believe that we need to build that as families too, that there has to be a time that we're sitting together and we're opening the scripture. So here's some, you know, options. There are tons of resources available today out there, but the primary one that every Christian has who's part of a church 
is that your pastor just preached a message on Sunday, mm -hmm. presumably a living word relevant to the hour that we're in um, that's relevant for the body. This is like a prophetic declaration or a prophetic teaching or a prophetic sermon that is, here's what the Spirit's breathing right now that we need as a congregation, this is the church family all together, to move us in the same direction. Boy, wouldn't it be a dream come true for every pastor if he knew and she knew that every family is taking that word to heart and making sure that our children have heard it too yeah. at their level. Because, you know, the, we had most churches, ours too, the kids are back in kids' church. They're learning at a level that, where it's, you know, more understandable to them. Um, but it doesn't mean they can't apply the truths that were taught and preached in the message on Sunday. So um, to be able to discuss, you know, like for instance, this week's message was about getting free from, you know, being inhibited on the joy end of things. Mm -hmm. So a great family conversation for this week from the message I preached would be, has anything like made you feel bad for being joyful? Like was there, can you remember a time that you went, yeah, and everything, and something shut that down? Mm. Let's talk about that. Let's see what the Lord says about that. Mm. And, um, you know, that's, that's saving a counselor or a therapist 20 years from now from digging in and trying to discover that. Why not do it as a family when <laughs> yeah. it happens? You know, what's going on with that? Or, or just take the scriptures. Like, hey, you know, pastor preached from 2 Samuel 6. Let's read that chapter this week. Mm -hmm. Let's do a few verses and tell me what you see. Tell me what you hear. What, what are you learning about this? Oh, what are you learning about the Lord? What are you learning about yourself? Um, that has value. So that, that's an initial thing I would suggest every family tries. Um, most families also, if the kids have been in children's ministry, they, they learn something mm -hmm. um, that was at their level. A lot of children's ministries, ours included, gives handouts and lets parents know, here's what your kids are learning. Well, do something with that. You know, th these are, I, I think the reason why I resist these step-by-step -step instructions is because most of it's already there. Mm -hmm. It's just a matter of whether somebody's going to actually be intentional and do something with it. Mm -hmm. So do something with those handouts. Go back over them with your kid and say, hey, I saw you just learned about the, you know, what it means to lay hands on the sick this week. What, tell me what you learned. Do, should we do that right now? Is somebody sick in our family right now? Let's try it. Let's lay hands on them and begin to cultivate an actual ministry going on in the family. Hmm. If that's not enough for you, which honestly I think it should be, there's some great, uh, you know, the apps out there uh, these days are just extraordinary with mm -hmm. Bible studies and it's all laid out. There's some where you could follow somebody teaching their life message. Like you got people like Francis Chan, he's got several series of things that mm -hmm. are his life's passion. And of course, he's a highly anointed minister, but most every ministry has something on the, uh, the YouVersion app for the Bible. They've got Bible studies on topics, Bible studies in books. Um, it, it's just another great way to connect your family. So mm -hmm. you could do that. Like our family, since we're preparing now for a mission trip to Liberia, and uh, two or three of us are going to be going on that, we're going to do a Bible study on missions. What is the point of going with the gospel to other nations? Mm -hmm. And where does it begin? How do we better fulfill the Great Commission here at home? in our own neighborhood, in our own, you know, Jerusalem, as it were. So there's a Bible study on the YouTube app that we're going to use for that. So there's um, just all kinds of ways out there. But again, circle back to the main point, doing something's better than doing nothing. Uh, don't let the feeling of being overwhelmed by how much this is going to take keep you from doing it. I also want to urge, just, and again, this is right to all the dads out there, 
that you don't let your kids resistance stop you from doing what is your responsibility. Mm. We, uh, you know, I've talked with some of my older kids over the years when they were in rough seasons and weren't really interested in the Bible as much. Why do I have to do this? You know, why do you make me do this? Why do you make me go to church? And I've answered for the same reason why you're forced to go to school. It's good for you. Mm. You go to school because our society has all agreed that we want our kids to be educated. We yeah. want them to be able to read and write and know certain things mm. so that they can be helpful, productive citizens. We have another level of that. We are going to make you do what's right for your spirit, mm. even if you don't feel like it. Um, because parents, the mature parents in the house are responsible to guide the immature, meaning the children, into maturity by forcing discipline. And yeah, there are times that, look, our family honors the Lord and we're going to go to church together. You mm. could sit there with your arms folded if you want, but um, and you could sit there with your arms folded here while we're honoring the Lord by reading the Word together, but we're not going to allow your whatever, temporary dishonor or your straying away to change the culture and dynamic of our household. Hmm. Fathers and mothers, you're responsible for that dynamic in the house. And we can't let our, you know, whatever kids struggling with faith change that dynamic for us. So um, we do it wisely. We don't do it by rule and decree. We don't do it by punishment. We, we do it by, no, this is what we're going to do. Hmm. And um, I urge you not to allow... The discouragement that comes in a lot of families during the teenage years, especially I've heard from almost every family I know that during the teenage years, this gets harder um, as one or two of the kids are struggling in their faith. But I, I want to urge you, my grown kids, almost all have come back and thanked me for, for pressing through in that. They didn't like it at the time any more than the six-year-old liked eating broccoli when he had to. But there are certain things that are just good. It's a declaration like Joshua made. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Hmm. So, um, yeah, I'll just kind of leave with that exhortation slash admonition. Yeah. That we not give up on it because it gets hard. It will be hard. You can promise you that. Hmm. The enemy hates it when Christ gets established in a household because hmm. that's one less place he could build a stronghold in a community. Hmm. Well, thank you. Yeah, as a, as a dad myself, I appreciate that about the word about just doing something not getting overwhelmed. So appreciate the words of wisdom today and the encouragement. And thank you for watching this week's podcast. We appreciate you guys. Thanks for your questions. Thanks for the, the heart of going after something more. Mm -hmm. So we appreciate it. Take care.